Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We are back. We've been joined by Sid Hartman in the studio, and that's very good because he and our next guest are close personal friends going back, oh my gosh, 60 years, I guess. Uh, Bobby Bell joins us right now. It's been so much fun as the Chiefs have moved toward the Super Bowl. What a significant role Bobby Bell is playing. He's on TV every time we see the Chiefs on a platform. There's Bobby Bell right up there with him. And, Bobby, it's uh, you got to be having a ball. Well, I am. I'm enjoying this, man. This trip has been about, what, 50 years since we've been back to the Super Only 50. Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 50 uh, years. God almighty. That's a long time. Well, Bobby, before Sid gets at you, let's start right there. I, I just saw, I was just telling uh, Dave the, the other day on the NFL Network, I saw that uh, uh, famous or infamous, depending on how you look at it, uh, uh, video of Hank Stram and the, uh, and the highlight film of the, the, the Super Bowl where you beat the Vikings. Take us back to 50 years ago. Uh, you find out you're playing the Vikings in the Super Bowl, and you think what? Well, you know, the thing is that the Vikings had uh, ruled the NFL at that time. You know, they was the strongest thing going. You know, when we got there, you know, we were there the first time in the, in the first, uh, what you call this, championship game. But this time, we was the wild card going in. And we felt as a team-wise that no one could score a touchdown on us because of defensive team we had. We went the whole year that year without losing one defensive player we played every down that whole year we lost laney dawson for seven games we had mike livingston come in and play quarterback and we felt that we had the best defense in the country in football and you know and from that you know uh we have six guys off of that one team is in the pro football hall of fame on defense the six guys is on the Pro Football Hall of Fame is on defense that we had that year. So we felt that, hey, there's no way they, the Minnesota Vikings are going to score a touchdown on us. That's amazing. Sid Hartman is ready to join the conversation. Sid, you're on. How about the Holmes? Have you ever seen anything like him? Do you know him pretty well? Well, yes. I, you know, Patrick, you know, uh, who was, Errol Campbell called me, and when he found out that the Chiefs were going to draft a Patrick Mahomes, that he told me, "You got that's the real deal." He said, "You guys going to love him," and I got a chance to talk to him. I talked to him and his dad, his mom too, you know. But hey, it's the real deal. This guy plays the game like nobody else. Everybody's going, "Wow!" Never seen that before. Never seen that before. Hmm. He played it like he played in high school. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Excitement. Every game is something new. You know, and he's a great quarterback. You think he tells the players, hey, just keep running. I'll get the ball to you. <laughs> you know, everyone, he spreads it around to different players, you know. You know, that's it's unbelievable. Kansas City hasn't seen anything like it in a long time. Right. Sydney, another question. 
How about Kansas City? Can they beat the 49ers? Oh, yeah. I I think they can beat just about anybody in the country, you know, it's the way they are playing. What's happened is that they came back the last five, six, about last seven, eight weeks in the season. They started, you know, getting better. The defense started getting better. Last year we had a great offense, and the defense was kind of weak. You know, we scored 50 points, and the other people, before, they'll score 52 points. And this year, the defense is doing a great job. It's holding the people to run. And the last eight weeks, it is unbelievable the way the Chiefs has been playing. I mean, they can score anytime. And a lot of people think, to, hey, because they jump out 14 or 20 points, we can't come back. We can score from any dis- uh, any point of the field. Kansas City, how excited is the city of Kansas City about the Super Bowl? Well, you know, the thing is, the Super Bowl this time, you know, hey, I think they go, it's, it's going to be the most exciting Super Bowl, I guess, in a long time. And the way and the way everything is playing, you know, you know, I know the 49ers got a good defense too, you know, and they like to run the ball. Well, everybody thought that hey, you know, Kansas City can't stop the run because we played against two two teams that that's all they did is run, but we shut them down. And you know, we could score. Everybody looking for us to score long punt. We could score on short passes. We could score on long passes. We could score with the back. And that's what's so exciting. Everybody said we can score with kickoff returns. We can score. Hey, hey, it's just an exciting game. I, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm getting ready to go down there. I'm going to enjoy myself because the Chiefs is in the game. You know, Bobby, uh, I hear you use the term we, and we, I think from those of us here in Minnesota watching from afar, I've really gotten a kick out of the fact that how clearly you are a part of this present-day uh, Kansas City team. You're up there when they get the award. Who's on the platform? Bobby Bell looking great. It, it's got to be a great thrill for you to, to, to be not only remembered but recognized and honored and so warmly uh, welcomed in, into this current team. Well, the thing is, uh, it's been a long time, especially for Lamar Hunt. He passed away. God rest his soul. You know, the best thing that ever happened uh, around football, NFL, is that Lamar Hunt uh, started the AFL, you know, back in 1960. You know, I don't think the NFL would be where it is today if Lamar hadn't started that. You know, it gave an opportunity for a lot of, players what I'm, I'm talking about a lot of players to play and i'm talking about black players we didn't have a chance you know and to play with the national football they had maybe one or two black players they put in and when lamar came out you know they started drafting black players from grambling a&t prairie morgan you know different black university and they trying to figure out where are they getting all these fast and quick players is getting them from the black university so you, that's what happened to the afl and the thing is is that when uh, we played in the super bowl and and joe namus the jets won the third super bowl they thought it was a fluke and what happened is that we came back as a wild card 
we we lost to Oakland twice that year, beat New York Jets, you know, and went out to play Oakland, and now we're in there playing the Green, uh, Minnesota Vikings. That's what happened. And when they said, wait, these guys here for the state, and that's what's going on now is that the, the league wouldn't be where it is. I mean, we, we brought in, you know, shit to tell you, I came to Minnesota, University of Minnesota, from a, a segregated school down in North Carolina. I was a quarterback. They said that we were going to win the national champ, the Big Ten champ, with a, with black players in the backfield. You know, Sandy Seymour was the first black All-American at University of Minnesota. University, I owe everything to University of Minnesota because they got me involved in football where I wouldn't have never got involved. I have never looked on my shoulder. We end up, what, at Minnesota? Hey, we won the Big Ten champs. Went out to Rose Bowl two years in a row. National champs. You know, that's what was behind me. And I just, I, I owe that to the University of Minnesota to give me the opportunity. And the opportunity was to go out and prove that you could play in any arena. And that's what's going on. And that's what happened to the National Football League is that, hey, they looked around. They start recruiting black players. And it's for years. If it hadn't been for Lamar, I, th- I don't know where it would have been, you know, Lamar Hunt. And for them, I owe them a lot. I've been with the organization off and on. I played for them. I stayed involved with them for the last 57 years. And, I'm, and the hunt has been great to me, you know. Lamar Hunt was just like a, uh, off, well, away from home dead. And another person I, I I admired a lot is Sid Harkin. He was to me like a dead from home. You know, at first we didn't once he figured out that you were a really good player. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I tell the story all the time about Sid, you know. He would not interview he didn't want to interview me the first year I played there because he thought Coach Warman Wasted a scholarship on me. And <laughs> when I asked him one time, said, why don't you interview me? He said, you have to earn the right for me to interview you. <laughs> I said, okay, okay. So at my sophomore year, they switched me from quarterback to a tackle, and I started playing, and they said up there in the newspaper there would be a sophomore star on the first two teams. And I looked at Bill Munson and I said, hey, man, I'm going to start. <laughs> so when I worked my way up to the field and got the second set, I mean, second team, you know, Sid came up to me and said, hey, Bill, I want to interview you, talk to you. I said, Sid, you have to earn the right to talk to <laughs> <And> walk away. <laughs> I love it. Hey. Bobby, I was watching Hank Stram on that uh, film I mentioned the other day. And and obviously, you know, it's a very fascinating study of a head coach because he's half relaxed, half a fan, and yet he's strategic while he coaches that. Who was he really? Was he a smarter football coach than he maybe gets credit for because he comes across as a little bit of a showman? No, I tell you what, Coach Stram was before his time. They, they'd never seen any coaches like that. He was a, he came out, whatever it takes to win, you know. We had a different defense. We had a different offense. You know, there used to be when the NFL, they want to do three yards and a cloud of dust. They'd run the ball, run the ball. Coach Stram came out with the pads, moving pocket, uh, 
slot, all that stuff, put the back in the in the running as for passes. He had all that. The defense, you know, he came up with the best defense. You know, let's go to a we call it the triple stack, change thing. Then he had players that could play a lot of different positions. You know, I played. I ended up playing defensive end, and uh, then he said, "No, oh, you can play linebacker." So people didn't know where I was going to play defensive end. It changed me. I could cover. I could play safety. I could play corner. Hey, he just wanted the best players on the field at all times. And in fact, we had a couple of players that was quarterbacks back there. I played quarterback at one time, and who was it? I think. Uh, we had Johnny Robinson was a running back and stuff, you know. They put him on defense. And we just had a great team. Talent-wise, we were unbelievable. Like I said before, you know, we have, off of that defensive team, we have six Pro Football Hall of Fame. And also, we have, you know, we have, uh, what, three, four guys that made the, uh, the all 100 NFL players Pretty off of that team. That's remarkable, Bobby. Sid's got a final question here. Sidney? How about the Kansas City defense? Can they stop uh, Shanahan? Uh, I, I think the defense is playing this best ball, Sid. I mean, right now, in the last five, six games, man, we have been out of this world, you know. It, at first, you know, they, 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 they're young. They come out there, they make a couple mistakes here, you know. They eliminated a lot of their mistakes. And now they're playing ball. People said, can they stop the run? Yes. Can, have they did it? Yes. They played, a, they played some teams that were the number one runners, you know. Well, Houston came up here thinking they was going to run down us. So the guy was making 200 yards. He ended up, I think, at 67 yards total, you know, offensive run. I mean, that's, that's a, it, hey, anybody say, well, I, can they stop it? Yes, they can stop. And I'm looking forward to the game. It's going to be a good, exciting game. Bobby, I think Sid wants to give you a Murray certificate and stay on the line after when we go to break so we get the correct mailing address so we can send that to you, Sid. All right, Bill. We got your address. If we want to give you a Murray, I love you. Okay? Hey, I lo- hey Sid, I love you too, man, and thank you. Bobby, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for being available. Uh, it's uh, you're gonna be. I assume you're gonna be at the game, right? Next uh, Sunday. Oh yeah, they're bringing in the top 100 guys down oh, there. Sure. They're gonna they're gonna introduce us before in the you know somewhere before the game starts or something you know down there. So they're bringing us down there. And, you know that that's one of the things that I just hey I can't believe it. It's it's unbelievable, man, to be voted you know in the top hmm. 100 out of. I don't know how many, 20,000 players. That's it, quite yeah. an honor. Yeah, your fans up here weren't surprised. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, I tell you what, I just enjoy playing the game. I enjoy the you know, trail that I made from North Carolina to Minnesota. Yep. I Like I said, I, you know, I, oh, Minnesota, University of Minnesota, that gave me a jump start. And I tell you, you know, and I have an endowed a scholarship there, you know. And I go, I talk to the co- the coaches up there, and I talk to the fans, and it's amazing when I go back to the university, you know. And you know that's why, hey, it's I owe a lot to it, man. You know that's university. 
I mean, it, I, don't, I don't know how I get excited, man. I get tears <laughs> in my eyes, man. Yeah, and you came back, you got a degree, too, which is absolutely uh, right. a great thing. Uh, Bobby, we got to run here. We're running for it on time. But stick on the line, if you would, because we want to make sure we've got that address to send you the Murray certificate. And we reserve the right to call you again to talk about Kansas City's victory in the Super Bowl. Anytime. <laughs> okay, that's Bobby Bell. Back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. We're uh, went a little longer, Bobby Bell. Let's just talk uh, for about five minutes here again. Well, PJ, he's got the passion, doesn't he? Oh my gosh, he is so much fun, and he he loves being part of Minnesota. It's uh, it's really uh, great. Sid will let him put the earphones back on. At some point here, we'll get the conversation. Sid, uh, here we go, Mike. I'll uh, ask you the question. You can uh, go back to your mic. You're helping Sid uh, right now. Uh, Sid off the air, but I want to give credit. Uh, you called the Kubiak, Kubiak uh, situation. Yeah, they. Yeah. they, they uh, as soon as the season got over and they knew Stefanski was going to get the Cleveland job, they, they wanted to make sure that Kubiak was the guy. Kubiak had leverage, too, because the, he knew they wanted him and he wanted to elevate his son Clint in some way, shape, or form. And so, you know, it's a little bit more of a grind for him to, be, to go from overseeing the offense to daily and then call the plays. But it's certainly not something that's overwhelming to him, having been a head coach of two different NFL teams. And I think that... Uh, you know, they were really committed to giving Kirk Cousins and the offense uh, a, a consistent voice because they changed offensive coordinators so many times since uh, Mike Zimmer got here that they really didn't want to have to try to redo the rework the wheel again. Sid, let me ask you this: How far away do you think the Vikings are from being at the level with Kansas City and? Uh, San Francisco at the very top yeah. of the National Football League. How far is that gap between the Vikings and those top two teams? Long ways away. I mean, their pass defense is brutal. People come in here and they roll away and they just absolutely kill them. I mean, they gotta, what they got to do is let some guys go and then go out and sign some new good free agents. Free agents who are strong on pass defense. Uh, do you think they need help uh, at both the defensive line and the defensive backfield? Because one one of the first projections out right now under the Vikings with the 25th, I think in his 25th pick, shows them taking a defensive tackle. No doubt about it. Is that, is it the evidence is there that they are doing well. Look, you go back and they don't have pass defense. They were fifth at one time in defense. Now they're way down, 16th. Mike, if you look at where there's money to be made and who you're not going to bring back, that defensive back position just stands out. That's where the Bucks are. And they might have two pro bowlers that get cut. Yeah. In uh, Xavier Rhodes and Everson Griffin, or at least at minimum have to rework their deal uh, if, if they want to come back. But they're not terrible on pass defense. They're just uh, – uh, they could be a little bit better, and, and and Mike Hughes obviously before he got hurt, he, he's got a little bit. You know, when you hurt a neck like that, you got to yeah. be a little bit concerned. Uh, but he wasn't a real good cover guy yet, and they don't know. You know, Mike Zimmer's really good at making guys cover guys, but he hadn't become that yet. And then you got Trey Wayne sitting there, Xavier Rhodes. We know about Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris will be fine, but Harris is unrestricted going back. So you got a little bit of. Uh, uh, room that you've got to negotiate there, but their defensive line, uh, they've fought, they've got some pretty good backups that have been sitting there and not playing as much, but have just got enough playing time. Uh, Linval Joseph, they got to look at to see if he's long in the tooth at all. Uh, Everson Griffin, like I said, I don't know that, you know, aside from the Saints game, it, it wasn't a great end of the season to him. 
Uh, so they got to look at that number again. They've already reworked him once. Uh, but I think they'll be okay there. I think it's the offensive line, same conversation we had last year. They, their, their offensive line is good enough about against about two-thirds of the teams they play, but it's that one-third, that elite that you're just talking about, where they're not holding up. Yeah, and the offensive line isn't a quick-fix situation. I mean, nope. you, can, you can draft them, but it's, it's rare that they come in and make immediate contributions. Look at the center's challenges this year. Yep. And, you know, I think in the end, uh, he grades out as a good draft choice, but, boy, he, it's hard to come in at any position in the offensive line and make an impression right away. We've talked about the difference from college oh. to pros. It's, it's, you know, it's Matt huge. Matt Burke, we remember, as a pro bowler, and he talks about, I didn't know if I was on foot or horseback. Lucky nobody saw me play my first year, you know? Right. He, he said, I thought I was going to get cut. It be, because the progression, it just takes that long to learn it. Sydney, One good offensive uh, lineman in uh, O'Neill. Right. The rest of them, I mean, uh, that Allen from uh, from Ohio State, he's turning Is out. Elfline? Elfline, I think. Elfline? Yeah. Yeah, Allen. Okay. I mean, Allen, yeah. they need, they got signed free agents who are good. Do they have, Mike? Uh, do they have enough money in the free agent market? Unless, well, that's that's why they move some, that they're yeah. going to start cutting guys. Right? Absolutely, they're have to move money off the books to get because they're too close to the cap. And unfortunately, the the brutal nature of the uh, NFL is that's what you do. And Mike Zimmer, even in his last press conference, he he said, you know, I probably am one of those people that has to get over the emotion of how I feel about people into the business decision. And to me, that yeah. that that was code for. I love Xavier Rhodes. He's like, a, in some respects, it's a father-son thing. I love Everson Griffin, uh, but I'm going to have to deal with this because we're going to have to get to have some real hard conversations here soon. Yeah, he came right out, right out and said it. What I thought yep. was absolutely setting the stage, Sydney. Green Bay, good professional focus deal that their rates. Race uh, offensive lineman, no comparison between Green Bay and them. Yeah, then of course, and they play Green Bay twice a year. Yeah, they, they got a kid named Billy Madison there. People don't follow very close, but he's from Moundsview High School, in North Dakota State, that fortified uh, Green Bay's offensive line. He lives over there by the state fairgrounds, and uh, he's had he's carved out a nice career. Guys, we got to take a break uh, just for people who just joined us now. No P.J. Fleck this week. He apologizes. He's working. It's a junior day at the University of Minnesota, so he's got kids in. They're taking a look at them. This is the time you start deciding what your class is going like, to look like, what your offers are going to be down the line. We're going to try to get P.J. back on with us next week. But no P.J. We've got a lot more talk to follow. We'll hope you join us. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, Sid, we are back. Before we uh, go back to Twins baseball, I know you want to say something first about Starkey. If you have a hearing problem, there's only one place to go. Starkey in Eden Prairie. Bill Austin and his crew will help you immediately. Go to Eden Prairie, and there'll be about 10 people who will take care of you. They took care of me a long time ago, and they... Buddy Grant goes out there, and he gives us hearing fix, and other people do. So go to Sharky and go talk to Bill Austin. He'll help you. 
Probably a good idea to give them the call. They do take walk-ins, but it's probably better to make an appointment. Yeah, let's yeah, yeah, emphasize that. There's the <laughs> Sid Hartman policy, then there's the rest of us. Yeah, I tried to do that subtly. Okay, uh, we are going to talk Twins baseball off and on uh, over the last hour and a half. Sid was uh, able to get to Twins Fest on Friday when he caught up with a lot of the players. Mike, you know, because you're in the club. I'm not in the clubhouse, but right from the time he got there, Sergio Romo established himself as, as uh, an interesting guy. About well, 30 presence. seconds into his... Uh, appearance in the clubhouse, you go, first of all, I can remember walking in there and I'm going, I, I thought it was a clubhouse hand. Because if you see him, he is not imposing. No. He's got a beard. I mean, I hadn't followed his career that much to know what he looked like. And and you walk in there and, and I just assumed it was somebody kind of cleaning a locker and then I realized the guy was starting to put a uniform on. So you start there, but he has got a personality that won't quit. And I would think he'd be a good teammate because I don't think the situation ever gets too big for him. You know, my impression the thing. And he, he'll talk forever. That is true. Yep. We're going to hear that in just a second. I want to set it up. My first impression of Sergio Romo as a twin was a phenomenal impression because they made a deal for him, and he flew from Miami yep. for an Remember afternoon that? game. I think it was in Chicago. And where were they going after the afternoon game? Back Miami. to Miami. 99% of the people in baseball would have said, hey, I'll meet you here in Miami. Looking forward to meeting you. He said, no, I'm going to Chicago. I'm, I'm a twin now. So, all right, Sid caught up with Sergio Romo. Let's listen in. What do you think about the twin pitching staff? Uh, I think our pitching staff is young. Uh, I think our pitching staff is uh, well-equipped. We got some real good tools in our pitching staff. Uh, Speaking for the bullpen, I will say that... uh, we have some unbelievable arms in that bullpen. Uh, there's some guys who are still establishing themselves but have are really starting to establish themselves as real major league threats. And, you know, Trevor Mays, uh, uh, the Duffies, Rogers, uh, they really establish themselves as premier bullpen arms. And I think, you know, Clippard, uh, maybe Stashak, maybe Romero, maybe... I mean, the way our bullpen's going to, maybe Whistler, like maybe the way our bullpen pans out, the rest of us, myself, uh, I think we're a really, really good unit. We're going to be a force to be reckoned with, uh, especially in those close ball games, because I think we have every flavor of tea for every cup. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you think you improve it quite a bit? uh, I would venture to say yes. Um, I think if... uh, Homer Bailey can just be Homer Bailey the way I've seen him pitch throughout the years and the, the Homer Bailey that's garnered all the respect that he has in the league I think if he can show up and just be Homer, he's going to help us out a tremendous amount. I think Rich Hill once he gets healthy, a healthy Rich Hill is a very dangerous Rich Hill throw the age out the window throw any of that out the window his experience speaks for it uh, speaks for itself, uh, but I think his pitch ability, his ability to go in there and, and, and control a tempo of a game and and, uh, and go through a batting lineup, uh, batting order multiple times the way he can. Uh, I think he's a big addition to this uh, pitching staff also. I think Bruce Dar, uh, Gratterall, I think he he might be the, I think, the key to all of this. Uh, I, I know they said they want to maybe put him in the bullpen for now. 
Uh, but, you know, whatever he shows us that he's ready to handle, whatever he shows the Twins he's ready to handle, if it be starting or the bullpen, I think he is he's a force to be reckoned with, just, you know, with the power base alone. But uh, also when you add in his demeanor, uh, the way he carries himself at a young age, uh, it, it's, it's, it's really exciting to see. Uh, and, again, uh, it, it's intriguing because uh, his – I think he's he might be he might be the make it or break it piece to uh, us having a uh, a decent staff to us having a good to great staff. So, what about yourself? Where do you put yourself? Uh, I'm definitely in the bullpen there. Uh, I, I'm mixing there a little bit. Uh, I think adding Tyler Clippard um, also, uh, I think it gives us an opportunity to mix and match a little bit better, to take on that new rule change a little bit better. Uh, we have some experience on you know, getting both righties and lefties out. And again, our bullpen's well set. So I think myself, I'm just really trying to try to compliment you know, the rest of the younger guys and uh, just really try to show them uh, what it's like to be ready every day and, and uh you know how to compete you know on a consistent basis my way so uh, I think we're pretty well armed uh, thankful to be a part of this team because there's a lot of things to be happy about you have are you a better starter or a better relief pitcher <laughs> uh, well throughout my short starting days uh, I would venture to say I was kind of hit or miss on that uh, I've had some real good success uh, thank God every day for the opportunities I've had uh, and and those opportunities have really come more so as a reliever uh, my successes have come as a reliever I do feel comfortable and I do like coming in situations that are tough and you got to be nitty and gritty to get out of them so uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm thankful to say that I uh, uh, I think I'm pretty pretty well suited to be a reliever <laughs> What about the pitchers they added? You know anything about them? Uh, yeah. Uh, Homer Bailey, uh, From uh, I've only played against him, uh, but I've seen him throw perfect games and no hitters against the teams I've been on. Uh, I've seen him compete and, and, and uh, uh, really, really have to battle and, and, and be and still be the last man standing at the end. So uh, that guy, he's a well, uh, how do you say, uh, well-groomed and well-tried uh uh, better in major league uh, pitchers, so I think he's going to add uh, that with his experience also. Um, and I think Rich Hill, uh, again, Rich Hill, he's he's quite the competitor. You know, he he's uh, he's always been a kind of under the under the uh, radar type of guy, but he's been extremely consistent when healthy. Um, I think him too, his experience, his postseason experience, will will kind of also rub off on some of these young guys also. So I think uh, getting Pineda back too when he comes off his suspension, I think our starting pitching is it's pretty well set. Uh, we got some nice complimentary pitches in Thorpe and uh, Smeltzer, Dobnak, you know guys that can go in there and do some starting also uh but uh i think tyler clippard also wow and whistler whistler's got a great slider he's he he pitches you know that guy knows how to pitch he can go inside and out you know he's kind of side army but uh he's it's still effective and he uses it well tyler clippard he's got one of the best change-ups in baseball uh he's a righty that can get lefties out with the best of them uh so uh i think again his experience he's been through it all also you know he's played in world series he's played in playoffs and stuff like that he's been on teams that have been trying uh you know uh that have gone up and down and have been through basically all of it so i think the experience that we've brought in from the pitching standpoint uh yeah it's i think it's going to show this year really really well mike i think we've just heard a, an audition for the broadcast booth 
Rome was terrific. She'd only ask two questions or so. I, man, I tell you. He, 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 no, he's always been good. And you go there, and, and obviously as a media member, you're always looking for the guys, especially if things aren't going well. Yeah. And they didn't have many times like that last year. But you need a guy that can fill the fill the notebook, right, once in a while. And he's always willing. He's an interesting guy to talk to. He, he gives thoughtful answers. You can talk to him. Talk to him off mic yeah. a lot last year about you know, the Twins team, the makeup of, they went into Yankee Stadium, they didn't do well, but he, he was first up, man, give me the ball, let me go pitch, and let me show these guys the way. Uh, pitches with emotion, all those things, and really understands what it's like to be a teammate. I think we clarified the fact he's probably not a candidate for the starting uh, I, 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 <laughs> I think he answered yeah, that pretty well. Yeah. All right, let me uh, preview what's coming up here. In the next segment, we are uh, going to talk some uh, NBA and Timberwolves talk. And because we've got some additional uh, interviews, we're going to hear from Jake Odorizzi. So that's what lies ahead in the next 15 minutes or so. That all follows this quick break we're going to take right now as you listen to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. Uh, we will hear for another twin in this segment. But Sid, before we do that, we haven't talked anything about the NBA, more particularly the Timberwolves. Obviously, Struggle for now. What are your thoughts on the Timberwolves? Timberwolves made a fantastic mistake when they made the Butler trade. <laughs> if they had Levine right now, even Levine, they had d- done. And how about that uh, draft choice? He's out for six weeks. Yeah, it turned out fantastic. If they had those three guys and didn't have the Butler deal, they then they lost Rose. They lost the guy who went to New York. They lost uh, Rose was a big loss. They just lost too many guys and signed a bunch of stiffs. Uh, it doesn't sound real optimistic. <laughs> wow, well, I'm so trying to find a ray of trouble. hope in there, Mike. They are in big trouble. They, they, uh, the culture, well, I think what, what probably is bothersome to fans is not just the here and now, but you don't see a reason that there's hope right now. You don't, you don't look at this and say, well, yeah, they're taking their lumps now. you got two number one overall picks that are in their prime. This isn't the time where you go, well, yeah, they're taking their lumps now, but we've got to rebuild. Uh, and it's not just about the trade with Chicago. The misfire, misfire, misfire. And now Ryan Saunders, who hasn't been through this before, has got to rally the troops and have tough conversations with guys. And that is a very, very difficult process. Yeah, and this week was – go ahead, Sid. What did Levine did, did to them in the last five minutes that game last week was unbelievable. Well, he's a, he's a terrific player. He's a marginal all-star, and within a year or two, I don't think we take away the marginal. He's a terrific player. But, uh, you know, we got Covington, and what what are the remnants? Uh, uh, let's see, how do we wind up, Mike? How do we get – was Covington and uh, – Covington and uh, the shooter that they traded down to Phoenix. Phoenix, is, yeah. Escaping me. But, right. So, basically, you got Covington for the three. Yeah. And a year – a good one good year from Butler, if you want you know uh, – uh, if you want to call that, but but I mean, yeah, Jared Culver gives you a little glimpse that he could be okay. Okogie, yeah, he's a role player, but you don't win with role players. You win with really good players, and right. they, and they're not really good, and they don't. Uh, uh, the other thing is that people don't really want to talk about is uh, Sarich, Dario Sarich was the name. Yep, that people don't really want to talk about is they gave the keys to the kingdom to Carl Anthony Towns the same way they did. To Kevin Garnett, they they made a tactical decision that they were going to say, Carl, this is your team. You're the man. You're the best player. You be the leader. Well, you, you know, Lou Holtz he said when he got hired at Notre Dame, the president said, I, I can call you the football coach, but I can't call you the leader. You that's something you got to develop, right? Yep. And, and, and Carl's a great player, fantastic. Thirty-seven last night, forty against Chicago, all those things. 
but I don't know that 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 he necessarily embraces being the guy that runs the clubhouse either. And I think it's kind of hard to play with him because he's all over the map with his offensive skills and his emotions sometimes. So they've got some real hard conversations that they you know that they have to have. Yeah, and I'm looking, and as of last night, they were in line for the fifth or sixth draft choice, depending on how the uh, the ping pong balls turn out. Well, you don't have any faith in that. History is it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, they got two number ones, and they can't put it together. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, okay, ping pong balls, and now we're talking about ping pong balls again. Yeah. It's a tradition like no other in Minnesota, right? We get to that point where, well, I wonder who might be available. Is there anybody overseas? Is there? You know, here we go. Yeah. All right, we uh, we've got another. Uh, go ahead, Sid, and then we got to get to that uh, interview. Go ahead. In other words, the players that they're using right now, whoever heard of the team lose that many games in the row, win two games, and then lose all the rest of them. Well, they're on a bad streak right now. There's no, no doubt 11, about it. But they got an 11-game losing streak and now a 9-game losing streak. That's yeah. hard to do in the NBA. Yeah, it, it really is because there's a lot of mediocre teams. Yep, and Denver it. came in three starters out coming off a of back-to-back, yeah. you know. And, and won the game. Yep. All right, uh, we've got uh, Alex Avila, right? All right, uh, Sid caught up uh, with Alex Avila, who's going to be the, the backup catcher. Garver will catch most of the time, but Avila will catch a good share of games. He's a seasoned veteran. Let's listen in. Hey, Castro wasn't re-signed. Um, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I guess uh, a little bit. I guess he was, you know, you know, had some good years here. But um, in November, you know, the Twins end up calling uh, calling me, and, and it ended up working out. Talk about your your career, how you got started, and who's helped you the most. Well, I, I came out of Alabama and got drafted by the Tigers, and um, over the course of the my first uh, couple years, had had a couple of guys uh, kind of take me under their wing, uh, teach me how to be a pro, and uh, and been able to carve out a decent career. What uh, what's a soldier and signing with the Twins? Well, the the fact to be able to. Uh, try to get back to the playoffs again. It's a great team, winning the division last year. And, um, I mean, for me, that was, like, number one priority, to try to try to land somewhere that, that had an opportunity to win. You got a guy like Garver. He's going to catch a lot, right? Yeah, no, he, sh- he should. He had a great season last year and, and looking looking for more of the same this uh, n- next year. How did you do li- last year? How did I do? Huh? I did. How did I do? Yeah, I did okay. <laughs> I did all right. Were you starting catcher? I split. I split time with uh, the other catcher in Arizona. If there's one person who helped you the most, who would it be? Oh, I'd probably have to say my father. He's the one who taught me the game and and uh, and helped me throughout you know my whole childhood and and getting ready for for uh, you know being a professional. He yeah, happy with your hitting. Is he happy with my hitting? Yeah. Uh, sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. He he helped me, at, you know, at times with my hitting. But once I became a, a professional, I think he he kind of let the the coaches handle that. You always been a catcher? Uh, as a professional, yeah, yeah. But in in college, I, I played third base. Okay, but why did they let Castro go? 
I mean, he's, he's got to know that kind of stuff. Let's, let's ask the guy that replaced him on it. So, I'll tell you, there's a file somewhere called Classics, and hopefully with the Centennial we can bring out some of the some of the classics. Uh, that yeah, that's coming up, the Centennial. Uh, yep. March 15th is its 100th birthday. Uh, Mike, you mentioned to me, we got a, uh, what do we have here, about a minute to go? I'm not sure what our time is. About a minute and a half. Tim Murray. Uh, Tim yeah. Murray is so good uh, to the people that are guests on this show, get the Murray certificate. It's got kind of a big week coming up for Tim Murray. Yeah, Great recognition. The Restaurant Hall of Fame, I yep. guess, huh? I'm not quite, quite sure what all goes into that, but uh, uh, certainly uh, he, he's a worthy recipient for sure and uh, uh, has helped us out a lot, not just here, but just uh, going over there sitting down with him once in a while is always fun too. No question. He's maintained the quality of the restaurant from his father and his grandfather. What a, what a nice uh, honor and recognition. And there's no question that it helps us get guests on, on the show. The Murray yep. Certificate, uh, who did I run into during the week? Uh, I heard from somebody ran into somebody, and they said he was on the show. Uh, uh, 10, 15 years ago and was promised a Murray and certificate. And they just got their certificate and, last and week. Not, <laughs> still hadn't gotten it. was holding it against the Twin Cities. So uh, you know, if we uh, find out who that was, we'll make sure we get you know, him or her, probably him, and it was 15 years ago, that Murray certificate. But, hey, <laughs> congratulations to, to Tim Murray. That's, that's a nice thing. I want to preview. Uh, we've got Justin Morneau coming up in, uh, in the next uh, – Oh, our next half hour, uh, Justin, will come up. We'll talk to him. Then we'll talk to uh, Eric um, Martins. Eric's the head of the high school league. They had a controversy this week that uh, on uniforms. We'll uh, get the inside on that, hear from a couple more twins, and maybe get you involved. All of that follows in the final hour. Stick around. Join us. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.